Hello and welcome back to the FPL Roundtable Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin DeVries. And as always, I'm his cohort in crime, his PIC, Rob Langevin. Yeah, and on this podcast, we bring you weekly updates from the world of fantasy soccer slash football. On today's episode, we'll be discussing the recent Capital One Cup fixtures, price changes, who to captain, who to start or sit, and the transfers that we've made in our teams this week. All right, Rob, going to start off with Capital One Cup. Big takeaway for me from a fantasy aspect is that all Manchester City starters played at the weekend, save for David Silva. So I'm not really sure what that means for their upcoming match against Tottenham, but I'm a little less confident in some of their players. What were your biggest takeaways from this Capital One Cup? Uh, My biggest takeaways are guys that are either fighting for a roster spot, coming back from injury, or teams are trying to tinker with their lineups a little bit to find the missing piece for a guy that may be injured for their club currently. Uh, there's a couple guys that jump out to me. The play, the play of Sadio Mane this week at this this uh, Capital One game, to me is basically a tra- like a carryover of what he's been doing for the last three weeks in the EPL. He scored two goals in the game yesterday, and he's coming off uh, an 11 point game, then a kind of a crap game against West Brom, and then a nine point effort against Man United. You know, for a guy that's trying to get his full, full 90 under him, this is a great thing, especially from a fantasy perspective, because Mane was a guy that a lot of people were on very early, especially with all the transfer, you know, ideas that were popping up all over the place that he may go to a top flight club and this and that. But this to me is a sounding endorsement that Sadio Mane, I think, is going to be on the cusp of having a three or four game breakout on top of what he's already done in, in future FPL games. Yeah, the assist for Pella was kind of sign one that he was really back. I was down on Graziano Pella last week because uh, I thought he would be kind of starved of service, but with Mane returning, he definitely regains value as well. Uh, I know we talked a little bit before that you were surprised by some of the Premier League sides crashing out the championship sides. Yeah, you know, the, the two teams that, you know, one I wasn't really surprised about, Newcastle losing, and then the upstart Swansea team losing to a championship-level team in the in the third round is... It kind of surprises me because I, th- I figured Swansea would, would come out and try to make a statement in this in this round and bury their opponent. And unfortunately, that didn't just happen. Yeah, disappointing. Also, uh, as this pertains to lineups, we saw Tottenham and Arsenal both sit some of their key players uh, with Youngman Son and Della Ali both starting on the bench, as did Sanchez and Otzel. Uh, we saw a pretty strong Manchester United side uh, for them. What are you taking away from these kind of lineup-based issues with the uh, Capital One Cup? And are you assuming that most teams will be at full strength come the weekend? Um, I'm not taking much away. I'm only looking at guys that, like I said before, are, are either trying to get their full form under them or are coming back from injury or the team is tinkering with their lineup. Uh, I mentioned Sadio Mane. Another guy who I'm, I was keeping an eye on and I watched some of the game today was the Crystal Palace fixture. Uh, you know, they're having a lot of trouble up top with Patrick Bamford not really being that, you know, that tip of the spear guy that they want up top and Connor Wickham kind of being a little dinged up and not actually showing any form. You know, and then the game, the game yesterday, Dwight Gale ends up getting a hat trick. You know, last year, Dwight Gale had minimal usability, he had spurts. Him and Glenn Murray were like, all right, I'll score three this game. You score two this game. It was kind of a back and forth kind of thing. But now that they have so many question marks up top, I mean, Crystal Palace is, a, is an electric club up front. I just think that they're lacking that, that, that middle forward option. I'm not saying that Dwight is that guy, 
But from what he showed yesterday in the game, I mean, Crystal Palace has got to actually probably have to start him in in, in the Saturday fixture. Yeah, playing Balassi slash Sako up front obviously has not been uh, working out for them as they failed to score against both Manchester City and against Tottenham. Uh, Dwight Gale at 5.2, worth an ad for you? Um, I mean, he's probably, on. if you had like a watch list, that's where he'd be. If you're like a, the neighborhood like stalker for forwards of fantasy value. <laughs> Just like kind of looking through the window, how you doing? Yeah, if you like, I like what you did with your furniture kind of thing. But like, yeah, I, I wouldn't, there's guys that are similarly price pointed that I would probably roster over him. I mean, I'll throw it to you. Would you rather have Dwight Gale or Odion Agalu? I'd rather have a Gallo right now yeah. because so, because I mean, we've so, seen it. So yeah, yeah, to your point, waiting on Gale till we see what he can do. Also, you know that's a very temporary situation. As soon as Wiccan comes back, it looks like he is the preferred striker there. And despite not really doing much fantasy wise, he he did help that team set up better, uh, trying to take the the defense further back, which allowed Zaha, who succeeded earlier on in the season, more space. Uh, and punch in to fall in behind him. So, yeah, definitely worth keeping an eye on. Ikalo's a very interesting one. Uh, we're probably a week late on him at 5.1. Definitely worth a pickup. Troy Deeney seems to be playing, you know, more as the knockdown player. He's knocking it down to Ikalo, who's finishing his chances pretty well at the moment on 34 points. Uh, definitely worth a shout as well. All right, well, we're going to quickly move on to the price changes of the week. Uh, I'm going to start with players that I think you should buy on the discount as they're on their way down. Uh, two strikers that I'm very surprised to see going down, both Barahino, who scored at the weekend, and Bafatimbi Gomis, who's starting to drop again at 7.4. I know he hasn't scored the last two weeks, but if you've seen those last two matches, the chances are still there. I've never said that he was a top 10 striker. I've always said he's a top 10 fantasy striker. He's going to put those chances in. And so it's it's not something that I'm worried about. So getting him at 7.4 I think is definitely worth it. Barahino back in the starting lineup for West Brom. Whether or not he ends up playing a little bit more on the wing, that'll be interesting to see how Tony Pulis accommodates both him and Solomon Rondon, who I think is also a decent fantasy option. Uh, but like Gomis and Barahino at 6.2 and 7.4, not respectively, those are backwards. Gomis is 7.4, Barahino at 6.2. And something that's staggering to me, Bertrand has dropped to 5.3 the week before he returns. I, th- I think that's a very strange uh, thing that the quote-unquote voters, <laughs> by that I mean the fantasy owners and their ownership percentage, I don't know why now they're losing confidence in Bertrand, uh, but he steps in as the best defender in that lineup, both in real life and from a fantasy aspect. So at 5.3, I think that's definitely worth a look. Yeah, I was actually going to touch on on Bertrand. He actually got a token token about 18-minute run in yesterday's game, Capital One game. Yeah. Uh, he looked okay. Um, yeah, but... For him to drop and then have him come back into that squad and be arguably the best defender. I'm not saying best defender for based on price, but because there's value in, say, the Matt Targets of the world. Because yeah. if, he, if Matt Target's going to play, the value is still there with him being where he is at 4.1. Uh, but Bertrand showed last year that he could be a fantasy as, asset playing on the wide wing there. I just don't know how much time he's going to get to show. Is he going to get a full 90 right away? You know, what does this do for Cedric's value? What does this do for Van, Van Dyke's, Van Dyke's uh, value? You know, Southampton is a, is a pot of riches for defenders. I just hope they use it to their, their advantage and start playing like a club that has a great defense. Yeah, I know you were big on Cedric earlier in the year and you have him in the Experts League. Are you concerned at all by Maya Yoshida starting a couple matches over there? 
Very. I I'm I'm wondering if he's 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 not the he's not the biggest guy. Uh, I, I was I'm wondering if maybe the the wear and tear is is getting to him. I know he took two head knocks in two consecutive weeks. Uh, you know he, he was playing a lot early on. I don't when when all said and done, it, this is a marathon. It's not a, it's not a sprint. I I still see Cedric being part of their best four defense there with Bertrand on the opposite side from him and then Font and. And a mix of somebody in between, whether it be Yoshida and then a Van Dyke or, you yeah, know, Calco. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but they're, they're a great defensive bunch. I'm just looking for them to gel as a unit. And I think when Bertrand comes back, we're going to start to see Southampton be what Southampton's defense was. Yeah. Especially since Klossy looks like he's just one or two weeks <laughs> away as well. One Yama already doing well. And Oriol Romeu has done much better than I anticipated. I'm not as certain that Klossy immediately walks into that side. On talent, he should. Uh, but Romeo certainly has done nothing to get dropped, particularly. Uh, so, usually then I go on to the players that I think you should buy before the price goes up more. But I actually have some questions for you on these guys. I'm going to start with Callum Wilson. He's now up to 6.0. Not in the most prolific attack of all time, but he's making the chances himself. Kind of similar to Danny Ings was last year at Burnley. Are you still buying at 6.0? And if so, what price point do you start to question it? Uh... I am actually still buying on at 6.0. I'd probably buy to about maybe 6.2, 6.3, only because a guy I didn't touch on with the, the price reduction, Matt Ritchie actually went down. He yeah, actually had a great week. Goal. Yeah, he had a great he had a great week fantasy wise last week, and then he went down. I think Wilson and Ritchie are tied together. If Matt Ritchie starts doing well, Wilson is going to start doing well. So. The time to buy in is on Wilson, which a lot of people already have him rostered. I mean, he's rostered in almost 30% of, of fantasy teams right now. And with Richie coming on and scoring the goal, looking better in that midfield role, I think Wilson's only going to benefit from that. I know he's the only one up top that is actually doing anything for a Borman squad. But, I mean, with, with a facilitator like Richie starting to get his legs, starting to figure out the, the pace of you know Premier League ball, I, I I have to question that Wilson isn't going to just continue to keep going up if he keeps putting in results where he gets five, six points a week. Yeah, for sure. All right, second question I have for you. Bakary Sanya. His price continues to go up. It looks like Zabaleta returns to training next week. Are, are you concerned? Uh, Sanya has done well. And we saw what happened when they broke up that back four. Vincent Company misses through injury. They can see their first two goals of the season. Do you think Sanya still holds on to that spot once we see Zabaleta back? Or, or are you worried that the Argentine might take that spot for himself? You know, I, the way Sanya's playing right now, he's basically the exact opposite of cholera, but just in an opposite side of the field kind of thing is what I'm saying. I, yeah, you know what offers I offers the same in attack and defense just yeah, on the right side. Yeah, he's a great he's a great down the wing. He's a great facilitator of the ball across the pitch. You know what I equate this to? Look at last year how how many people were on Bronislav Ivanovic from with his hot. Ivanovic started hot last year and basically everybody owned him. Yep. Then John Terry started coming on and doing very very well fantasy wise. This is I I know Sonny's a wing player and Terry was a central player, but this is what I'm equating it to. That everybody who's on the Kolarov bandwagon, and he's basically owned all over the place. I think it's, I think he's up to almost fifty percent now, yeah, thirty-five percent. Now, 
now Sonya is basically giving you the same rewards, getting the same amount of clean sheets because he plays all the time. How is he not going to be rostered? I mentioned this in the last podcast. Like, how are you? It, it, City has so many players that you could roster right now. There's probably no wrong, right or wrong answer with the amount of goals that they let in and yeah. the amount of offensive threat that they have. I mean, how are you not going to roster two City defenders yeah. right now? Especially with Colorado the question surrounding the Silva, De Bruyne, and Navas trio. Exactly. I mean, out of, I mean, out of those three, Navas is the... The obviously unowned. I mean, it's the Yaya, Debrun, Silva midfield. Yeah. You're, everybody's going to own at least one of them. And then, then the question is: Do you go two on defense, or do you go two midfield, or do you go one, one, and one? It, yeah, it's a, it's a fantasy conundrum well. right now. That it's like a big puzzle piece that has three pieces. And can't figure it out. Yeah. All right. And uh, lastly, for me, Anthony Martial is being added about. He's had about a fifteen percent ownership bump. Uh, today um he, he scored again today in the capital one cup in the premier league he has three shots on target three goals in 115 minutes he's at 8.2 i know we, we talked last week about how both of us have some extra cash in our reserves is that what you're keeping this for is 8.2 a reasonable point to buy in and do you think he'll continue to get starts in the premier league well i mean people who have a rostering Benteke, this is a natural move for them. Yeah, it's an right easy now. swap. You know, it's, it's a it's a natural salary and same you know same kind of production level that they were hoping for. You know, the eight point two for a, for a an up and coming kid who is basically doing exceptionally well for for where he is. This is exactly what United was lacking. They're lacking a guy who can split the middle of the field. And have a touch at the towards the goal, and that's basically what he's doing. Yeah, obviously, what he's done is very impressive. And please stop calling him the new Thierry Henry. It's so frustrating that anytime he does anything, everybody immediately leaps to the Thierry Henry thing. Uh, we were joking uh, watching the Manchester United match last week, two weeks ago. I don't recall. And uh, it was just we really wanted to go on the EPL roundtable and have the title. Uh, Martial is the French Thierry Henry, and just see how much backlash we got. <laughs> but, <laughs> but decided against it. You know what? That might be the title of this one if we talk about him anymore. Uh, but have obviously been very impressed by Martial. And Wayne Rooney did score today, but he, he's looked a bit off the pace. That's another guy that a lot of people have kind of been burned on this year. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see how that all works out, especially with Champions League going on. Um, a, a player, another one with a, a bit of a price change earlier in the week, and one that I'm getting in, and I'll talk about him a little bit later, Dimitri Payet, and I'll tell you why. Now, I know that that's not shocking news. He's the second best midfielder in the official game. I think he's the sixth best player overall, maybe fifth. But Sixth or fifth, yeah. Yeah, but West Ham are now out of the Europa League. Mm-hmm. They're now out of the Capital One Cup. You don't have to worry about playing time until January. That is a fantastic luxury to have. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, back when um, John Wallen had his radio show, I went on and, you know, I, I love a stat. And he asked me what stat I always look at before adding a player. And it's not flashy. It's playing time. It's minutes played. And a lot of these guys, we talked about it at the top of the show, worried about Capital One Cup lineups, worried about Europa League or Champions League lineups. And you know that Dimitri Payet not only is the top name at the team sheet at West Ham, but he's also going to be playing every week. 
And that that is a very, very nice feeling, knowing that you have at least one player that's certain every week. Yeah. The thing I like about Payette is he he's a very flexible player. One, one time down the field, you'll see him just, you know, dribbling the ball up the middle. Then the next time, he'll be waiting on the wing for a pass from whoever's dribbling it up the middle for, for West Ham. And wherever he is, he seems like he just draws such an attention from the defense. He, he's, a pheno- he's a phenomenal player. And we really haven't seen what he's actually phenomenally good at. He's an excellent set-piece taker. West Ham yeah. is like the bottom three of the table in set-pieces taken on, like, that are in striking range of goal. So I'm actually waiting for him to actually do something successful with that. West Ham only has, I think, I don't even think they have a PK attempt yet this year, and he would probably be the taker of those. Yeah, you'd think. I mean, Diafra Sacco is also there, thereabouts. Interesting this week, uh, they have a lot of players to come back still. Uh, with Andy Carroll and Enner Valencia and Mauro Zarate, I, I'm not really sure how all that will break down once they're back, like in regards to, to penalties. But yeah, Pyatt, excellent dead ball taker. He's their main creator and one of their top three scoring threats as well. So yeah. obviously a, a player that's definitely worth a look. And I, I mentioned last week uh, regarding Kane. Maybe it was Kane, maybe it wasn't. I don't remember who it was, to be honest. Uh, but I'd ra- I would always rather be a week late on a player and know what I'm getting than a week early and, and potentially be wrong. And I realize that's not a very common thing in quote-unquote expert circles. By the way, I will never call myself that. Other people might. I won't. But a lot of people are really uh, kind of brand-based, and so they want to put their name on a guy and get him in early. Other than Gomez, that's not me. I'd rather wait and know. And we I now told- know, and we now know exactly what Payet is, and we don't have to worry about any of those issues I mentioned before. So, and I'm and I'm totally an expert. I walk around; my whole wardrobe consists of T-shirts. And it just says fantasy expert, of course. Yeah, totally. And I hand them out. I sign autographs. Pretend like I'm a big wig, <laughs> stuff like that. Wearing a big wig. <clears throat> but I I agree. I'd rather be I'd rather be a week late than a week early and then get burned. Yeah. All right, and now we welcome a guest. We're welcoming Ralph Lipschitz onto the show. He is, of course, from Razzball, as is our co-host, Rob. What's going on, Ralph? What's going on, Kevin? Rob, how you doing? Good. What's going on? Nothing. You know, usual stuff. Fantasy stuff. All right. Well, as always, we start our guests off with a very, very pertinent question. So here's my question for you. Rate the three Star Wars prequels in order of tolerability. Oof. Um... Okay, uh, I'm going to tell you, if there's Star Wars fans out there, they're going to hate me because I'm going to butcher the names. Um, okay. The three Star Wars prequels. Now, the first one was... You got Phantom Menace, Phantom you got Menace. Clone Wars, and okay, the third one. <laughs> Return of the... Something with the Sith? May- the Sith? Maybe? Return of, that sounds like a thing. Yeah, All Return right. of the Sith. I, I want to say that I think the... First one was the most tolerable. Which one had the most Jaja Jaw Binks in it? I think it was the first one because they're on they're, they're, they're the Gungans. They okay, then that's, that, that stuff. All right, then, then that's the worst one. Yeah. Um, and the Clone Wars is the one where Natalie Portman had that cutoff, which was nice. Yeah, okay. I'm really into Natalie Portman. So we're yeah. going to put that on the top of the list. Okay. Um, and what happened to the third one? It's like Darth. Is Darth that's the one where they're like one? in the lava. He got then, melted. Then, yeah, he kills Order 88, and he kills all the Padawans at the Jedi Temple, right? Y- yeah, I don't think I right. saw that. You know what number it was. Wow, that's crazy. Mm. Yeah, well, yeah, it's, it's not great. And that's the one where he's like, 
I want to be with you forever. And then something happens with her kid. Like, she can't have a kid or she's going to have a kid. Okay. And it's like, oh, well, I should murder all the kids. That's excellent parenting advice. That will really get me in the mood to be a father. Uh, it, it didn't really make sense. And then it gets, like, legs burnt off because of lava, I think. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I saw the last two movies in college, and I was definitely on some sort of a strong hallucinogen. So yeah. probably why I don't remember. To be fair, I feel like that's also how it was created. Yeah, so, totally. It's totally strong. Right. Yeah, yeah, oh, no, probably. I, I can remember. A, I have a bonus question. <laughs> Sophie's choice. You have Sophie. Sure. You know what Sophie's choice is, right? You can yes, only she, pick one, and the other one has she, to die. Yes. Tom Brady or David Ortiz? Go. Uh, dude, I kill David Ortiz all day. Wow. Dude, five hundred home run club? Wow. Are you serious? <laughs> oh, I don't. Tom I mean, Brady both, invented male Uggs. Okay. Are you serious okay. right Tom, now? Tom, I mean, they're both ba- cheaters. Back up the truck. Pack up, back up the truck on Tom Brady. Tom Brady is not a cheater, dude. Okay, Tom Brady is not a cheater. First off, Cheating Tom Brady. Tom, I hope he did. As long as it wasn't with a man. And actually, I wouldn't care about that To either. be fair, it as probably was, was a man. That's probably man. how man Uggs came about, which yeah, he was the spokesperson for. Sure, but no, it's, it's got to be Brady. I mean, come on. Ortiz is kind of whiny. Um, every so often he throws a tantrum and so he's going to leave. This is like, our fucking city. That was a great moment. That, that was probably his greatest moment as a red. Dude, he's had some great moments. Not those like, other 500 home runs. Choice. They're obvious. They're obviously both difficult. If yeah, Tom Brady doesn't exist, Drew Bledsoe is your quarterback for two more years and he takes you uh, to those Super Bowls. It's I think, be, I think I would be a Cincinnati Bengals fan if Drew Bledsoe, uh, was the quarterback because, my father had season tickets to the, the Patriots for about 15 years, and we lived, like, right down the road from Foxborough. Mm. And right when I went to college, he actually sold the tickets in 2000, so Belichick's first season. Wow. Because we hated Drew Bledsoe that much. I think people forget how intolerable he was in terms of his decision-making. We're getting off on another tangent about other football. but That's yeah, um, Tom Brady is the savior of uh, all Boston sports, and uh, I place him above Larry Bird. Wow. And what about Bob Cousy though? Is he above Bobby Orr? Oh, see, Bob Cousy isn't even the top Celtic. Like I, I would actually say it's Bill Russell, uh, hands mm. down. He's is I he would. Above, is he above Bobby Orr? Ooh, see, I'm a hockey player, so it's really tough to like put him above Bobby Orr. I think he's on par with Bobby Orr. I, you have to think about what the guy's done. I mean, he's just one, and you know, he's not like you know phony and fake like uh, Peyton Manning is, and uh, you know, he's the Montana. Uh, you know, Manning's Marino. Would you triple captain Tom Brady this week? Oh, man, I would triple captain Tom Brady anytime he wants. Who, who, you just told, who you totally turned that into like a, like a whole like homosexual erotic fantasy right there. I would totally we, we triple captain him. I would, I would totally triple captain Tom Brady. It's true, though. I mean, come on, Tom Brady is the man. Oh, triple captaining him against the Jaguars, not, not a bad shout. We were talking a little bit earlier off, <laughs> off, off camera. I don't know what I'm talking about. Off microphone. Uh, about how the Jags defense is surprisingly good. Maybe the secondary isn't the best part of that defense, though. You, you feeling pretty confident on Tom Brady? Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely feeling confident on Tom Brady. And this is a funny year. Like, um, I consistently drafted him in fantasy drafts, and I usually don't. Mm. Um, I'm well, usually well, the value somebody... was lower this year. The value was lower, but he, I, a lot of my drafts I do late, so the decision had already come out. And you also oh. have to remember is I draft with a lot of people that are also, you know, Massachusetts – Massachusetts natives. So, right. well, that's probably he, he goes and gets the bump with value. But I, I knew he was going to be in total F, F, U mode again, like he was in 2007. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, you're seeing it now to the point that it almost hurt him last week that they just kept going downfield and they should have just ran the ball. But it's a totally yeah, I, story. I think, I think to Tom Brady's credit, 
Uh, the Steelers decided to take it easy on the 49ers and hand the ball off three times. Otherwise, Ben Roethlisberger would be the name on everyone's lips as a QB1. But I digress. We're going to yeah. move on to the fantasy football that you're probably listening to this podcast for. We're going to talk yes. about captains. We talked about Tom Brady. Now we're going to switch over to the other football, the round one that actually involves foots, not the egg that's used with hands. All right, so when you're looking at captains, what's the thing that you look for most before selecting them? You know, I think uh, especially this year, because it seems like a lot of the best captains over the last, you know, six you know, match weeks have typically been players that um, – don't there aren't the you know nine plus sort of player we'll say it's guys like you know Riyad Mahrez um you know uh, Payet a couple weeks ago somebody um that was in our Rasball league captain him as I mentioned sort of off air somebody actually uh captain Igahalo last week got a couple goals out of it which was just a stroke of genius um but it hasn't typically been the Sergio Agueros the Alexis's the Eden Hazards those guys have actually sort of sort of screwed you um, if you've been capping him, I know like I have, and a lot of other people have. Um, so typically you, you, you may want to look at matchup first and sometimes, you know, think a little different because, uh, that's where you're going to make the, 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 the creeps up, especially in the beginning. Yeah, definitely interesting. If you had a couple of guys in mind for this week, who are you targeting? Um, funny enough, I just said that, you know, you typically want to look away from the, uh, the top guys, but there are a couple that I'm looking at right off the bat that are, you know, Two of the highest priced players on the board, one of them being obviously the highest priced and Sergio Aguero. But the numbers against Spurs are, are pretty staggering. Um, you know, he's got 10 goals and seven appearances, and he's, you know, found the net in six of those seven contests um, mm-hmm. against Spurs, you know, within the league. So the goal scoring record is there. Um, and, you know, he's been sort of off, not that he's totally been off the mark, but he's he hasn't had like a big blow up Sergio Aguero, like kaboom pun kind of week. Right. And, uh, I think we're going to get one of those, uh, if not this week, next. But I, I, I feel pretty good about City against Spurs. They, you know, historically going back, I think probably the last four contests, they've typically been like, I'm sure you probably know, but like 4-1, 5-1, 3-1, and there might have been a close one that was like 2 nothing or one nothing or something. Yeah, I think like there was a 5-3 in there somewhere as well. Yeah, but, I think yeah. I saw that they averaged like 3.4 goals per game against Spurs over the last like, think five Jesus years. I Navas has scored in the last two, which is just – inexcusable in every way i think those are his two premier league goals jesus scores every week with me (laughs) jesus loves me this i know all right uh let's stop talking about tom brady again (laughs) so uh oh my goodness he doesn't even have the hair get it together man all right so uh rob i know you are a chelsea fan so i'm gonna i'm gonna read this and then you can fill in the blanks with the appropriate person uh person that I'm looking to maybe even captain this week, definitely start, is Chelsea forward. Newcastle have allowed nine goals already this season, and Chelsea seem to be building momentum. No Diego Costa means Chelsea forward. will have a chance to find the ability he showed at previous club and previous club. At 7.1, Chelsea striker is an absolute steal and should be involved in at least one goal come Saturday. Who is that Chelsea striker? Well, I know you're not talking about Kennedy, so it's got to be Loic Remy. Um, You know, I... I mentioned this to Jeff in our daily diatribes, daily about nothingness that we just ramble on about between the two of us. I, <laughs> I actually said when we were making the rankings this week, I said, I, I, you know, how could you not love Loic Remy this week? And after what I saw from, from Newcastle at the Cap 1 Cup, I mean, they're not really trying anymore, so mm. it doesn't really matter. Yeah, they started their end-of-season wind-down about yeah, three I mean, months early. 
I mean, Mike Mike Ashley is, is already counting his TV money that he's never going to get. That's the funniest thing ever. <laughs> but are you not you concerned know, about Falcao at all? I don't. I don't think Falcao. Yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Huh. I don't think. I don't think he starts. I think. I think it'll go Loic Remy, and then I think. To be honest, I think what's going to happen is the game will probably be. I'll give it. I'll give it three nothing. I think they that that uh, Josie brings on on Kennedy, and I think Kennedy scores the fourth. Interesting. So, would you be bold enough to to captain them against what is the uh, the the worst Newcastle defense? No, I'd probably if if you're an owner of a Chelsea midfield player, I'd probably captain you know a Pedro. If you're going to captain a Chelsea player, I'd probably captain a Pedro or a, or a maybe a rejuvenated Hazard if you still own him. Um, and from a standpoint of that, I'd probably lean toward Pedro. Yeah. Also, we may as well keep talking Chelsea while we've already brought it up. Chelsea defenders against a Newcastle side that has the fewest shots on target, 15, and you know it has obviously struggled this season. I think only two or three goals thus far. Three, I think, after the Yanmak goal. Is is this the week you start buying back in on them after their clean sheet against Arsenal? Totally. This is the this is the scene from Trading Places when they start buying back the frozen concentrated orange juice stock. <laughs> you start you start on defense here, and it all starts with this with Cesar. If this is the week you bring in Aspilicueta, he's the only like permanent player on that defense that you'd want to roster right now. You don't know if Kurt Zuma is going to play because John Terry may come back into the fray eventually. Nobody yep, wants to own Cahill. Ivanovic well, is still way overpriced for anybody that you're owning on defense to make a, a, a one-for-one transfer. You're probably going to take a, a hit or you, you don't have the money for. So if you're owning a 5.5 or between a 5.5 and a 6, you know, dot defender, the, the change from them to Aspulaqueta is almost like a natural transition up top from a Benteke to a Martial. Yep, absolutely fair. All right, well, while we have you on, we talked about captains there for a little bit. We, we were just going to jump into start sits. Uh, my start, uh, as I just mentioned, was Chelsea forward. Um, in midfield, I have Juan Mata. Uh, he was subbed off early today against Ipswich, so he should be in line to get the start on Sunday. Uh, and he does seem to have locked down a full-time spot, which I didn't know was going to be a thing under Van Gaal. Uh, he's played 60-plus minutes in every Premier League match this season, and he's done very well for himself. He has 34 points in the official game and is the sixth-best sixth fantasy midfielder. Um, a favorable matchup here again. So I, I really think that he could do well uh, and... It's it's weird. I'm starting to favor some Manchester United players after being off them for so long. We discussed Martial earlier. Uh, Ralph, what, what's your take on all that? Um, yeah, I mean, it, it seems like they're they're coming together offensively. Is like they're not as tight on the the back end, which is which is fine. I you know I'd like to see them attack. It was sort of frustrating for the first couple of weeks, but um, yeah, you know, I think I think Martial right now just he just gives him a totally different dimension because he's a player that's actually attacking you know, um, cutting in side, you know, attacking the net. And it just seemed like they lacked that. Even over the last two or three years, you know, Van Persie was a shell of himself. It seemed like, you know, every single game it was, you know, have, you know, you know Antonio Valencia, whoever it might be, just you know, come down the wings, times. throw a, cr- yeah, throw a million crosses. And I can remember a game with, with David Moyes. I think it was the one that they <clears> lost <throat> at Crystal Palace, but I can't remember where uh, they were calling it like a, 
like a, a like a non-sponsored league game because it was like an absurd amount of crosses. They set like some some Premier League record or something, and like they lost, you know. Um, but yeah, I think they're coming together. I like Mata. Um, you know, there's there's certainly some options there. I'm still skeptical of Memphis as a fantasy player. You know, I, I'm not going to be starting him. But yeah, I, I I like Anthony Martial, aka the French Henri. Um, just because he's mentioned, I, I, I gotta imagine that's very frustrating for a 19 year old player coming to, he didn't even go to Arsenal and every time he does anything, the commentators have to make a Thierry Henry comment. Uh, that must just be incredibly fr- frustrating. I almost said French trading. That sounds much worse. It's French trading as well. Yeah. It's also French trading. So anyway, uh, get Anthony or Anthony, the French Henri Martial into your side <laughs> if you can. Uh, already mentioned the Chelsea defenders, which I think you should get in. Sounds like those thoughts are echoed. Also, uh, for the most obvious tip of the day, talked about Man City a little bit earlier, get all of those defenders into your side. Tottenham have not succeeded much going forward. Just five goals tied for third fewest among a large group of, of teams. I think it's four or five on five goals. And they're facing Manchester City, who just conceded their first two goals of the season. Uh, that And that kind of leads me easily into my first sit, which is Harry Kane. Do start the Manchester City defense. Do not start Harry Kane. And that, that leads me into my sits. Who do you got, Rob? Uh, for my starts, uh, with the Benteke injury, if you're looking for like a, a cheaper kind of digging when everybody else is zagging kind of forward option, what, why not look at Danny Ings up top? Uh, he, he played well today or yesterday. He's going to go tomorrow. But you get the gist of the whole thing. Uh, Danny Ings, he's gonna, he might have a, a nice relationship up top with Daniel Sturridge, because I think Sturridge and him both start. I think they, I think they stick with the two striker approach there. I, I can see him actually contributing on the goal side there. How long he's gonna be useful? That's a bigger question. So it's kind of a, do I bring him in for one week or two, and then oh, Benteke's back. Do I go back to him? That's the whole thing with Liverpool. Who knows? Whatever. Through midfield, Bakari Sacco for Crystal Palace has been their best player on the pitch, regardless of player, name, country, continent, whatever. Love Planet, him. Galaxy. Planet. Planet, yeah, sure. Captain Planet. Universe. Cycle, stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, and If you like were one of the said, Captain Planet kids, which one would you be? Um, and if you say heart, I'm hanging up the Skype call. You know, I don't, I don't know Captain Planet's kid. Uh, can I just be a Care Bear instead? Interesting. Uh, yeah. Never mind. And I don't I, need to tell that story at all. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I, and I totally, I totally back up your statement. Chelsea defenders, Espelicueta this week, and if you need a sleeper that you that you can't own another Chelsea player, how about a Winston Reed for from West Ham? Yeah. And then we'll go right into my sits. My sits on defense. You know what? I'm sick of friggin' Arsenal fantasy players. I'm yeah. sitting every Arsenal defenseman and midfielder. Bellerin, the like, Ramsey. Alexis Sanchez is even on the outs. He can go back to Chile. And that, that is a whole bunch of... Uh, that is a huge percentage of your budget to watch a player do very little every week. To do nothing. It's disgusting how much that he isn't doing. It's, it's a waste. Uh, and then my sits for forwards are... Uh, Olivier Giroud is just not living up to his Slash expectations. Slash Walcott, whichever. Yeah. 
Uh, or Walcott. You can have Walcott in the midfield too. How about that? Uh, Lukaku for, for Everton. He's owned by 20% of fantasy teams right now. He's got four consecutive two-point games. I mean, how many times are you going to go to the supermarket and they're going to be out of milk and you go home with almond almond milk or soy milk? It's just not the same thing. Although almond milk is, is surprisingly tasty. I didn't think it was. I had a girlfriend that was like, you should try this. I was like, nah. You know, I'm an American. I'm going to drink real cow milk or yeah. beef milk, if you will. You ever, you ever try to milk an almond? They don't sit still. <laughs> that's, that's definitely the biggest problem. Uh, do, do you have a, a defender group that you're you're sitting? Me or was that Be- Arsenal? Bellerin. I'm sitting Arsenal guys. Yeah. I don't tr- I don't trust them for fantasy right now. I don't want to own any of them. I own zero on my actual team. If you own any, you're probably a you know a Gunner fan, and you're probably wallowing in your mom's basement listening to uh, Adele records or peeling things off of White Hart Lane. All right, Ralph. Surprisingly, we're going to talk more about fantasy. Do you have any sits and starts that you're kind of highlighting this week? Yeah, just because I like to contradict everything that Rob says, uh, my first start is actually going to be Alexi Sanchez. Huh. And I, and well, I am course. 100% serious. That seems well, like a mistake. Lesser have done very well. He's going to be up against Jeff Schlupp, who's no, I don't know what I was going to say, no chump, no, no schlump. I don't like it. Anyway, what were we going to say? All right, so I have two reasons that I'm sticking with that one. Number one, you know that Lester is going to ship goals. You know they're going to allow goals. This isn't a team that keeps clean sheets. They've never kept clean sheets against Arsenal. Um, the second thing is Alexi Sanchez's due, and I have stats to back it up. Um, he's got more attempts on goal than any player in the Premier League, and you'll like this one, Rob. He actually has more uh, touches in the opponent's box. Oh, I like when people he, touch me in the box. I know. I love it when people touch my box. But anyway. Hmm. Uh, Stop. Eh. Don't touch me there. This is my no-no square. All right. <laughs> well, I'm so glad I'm drinking. Yeah. Oh, that's a yeah, good point. I, I wish we I should was. take a. We should. Oh, are you not? Um. You're no, su- I'm supposed I to, to be. Just, I just had to put multiple children to bed because I have like a pack. Well, so you need a drink. drink. You need it more than drink. we do. Yeah, probably. I didn't. I didn't say I wasn't under the influence of other substances. Mm. Mm. We don't endorse that here at EPL Index, but you know, do you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. They're in England. Um, I don't know. I don't know what the legal ramifications of that are. If I knew, you know, do you? You know, if it's legal in your state, don't tell me where you are, for God's sake. But if it's legal where you are, you know what? Do you? You know, bring in tax income. It's 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 a it's a beautiful thing. Hashtag Colorado. Hashtag visit. Don't move. Which is actually a movement that's going on right now. <laughs> it, it makes sense. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people want to move there, but Colorado is definitely not like Boulder. Uh, that is a uh, and same thing with Denver. Like outside mm. of those cities, a little different. Yeah, I but, love, uh, I love Colorado. The Springs. middle is nowhere. I have family out in Colorado Springs. It's a gorgeous place to go. I saw it in the airport recently, which is all dinosaur themed because they ran into dinosaur bones when they were digging it up. Fun fact: Coors Field <laughs> was originally supposed to be called Jurassic Park, but they wouldn't get the rights for it. Um, oh, that's awful. Yeah, that would be awesome. <laughs> I know it would have been really good. Actually, this is just a whole string of non sequiturs. Um, last night, Pirates game, because it looked like we were going to be able to clinch had the Giants lost. Uh, and Bob Walk, who, uh, former Pirate legend. Love Bob Walk. <laughs> he, okay. <laughs> That's a very strong emotion for Bob Walk. But he just kept going on and on, because we were playing the Rockies in Colorado. And he just kept talking about the altitude and wouldn't get off of it. He was just like, you know what? 
if, if the Pirates had a stadium that was a mile high, we'd hit a lot more home runs. There's less gravity at higher altitude, and I think we'd hit a lot more home runs. We should build a mile high stadium Thanks, in Pittsburgh. <laughs> like, my, what are you talking deduction. about? And so then, obviously, they moved him along, as happens in, in broadcast stuff. And then he just kept going back to it. Well, what if it was indoors, and they just simulated the atmosphere that happens in Coors Field? You're like, what are you talking about? And then it ended, and then they literally pulled him off the set. And he was just saying, you know, if, if you're a Pirates fan, it's easy. You, you just dress up as a Pirate. But if you're a Rockies fan, what do you dress up as? A mountain? And then they cut to the mascot who was a dinosaur. He goes, wait, is that a dinosaur? And then he didn't speak again for the rest of the game. It was like wow. the eighth inning. And I think they wow. literally pulled him off. They're like, Just, dude, wow. what are you talking about? Wow. Anyway, visit Colorado. They should have kept, they should have kept him off. There. They should, this is, this is why you shouldn't trust a guy named Bob, Rob, or Robert. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> All right, anyway, we... I just followed. I just went all the way down the rabbit hole. Yeah. Uh, what were we talking about? Starts and sits, right? Yeah. You're starting Alexis Sanchez. Okay. So about Alexis Sanchez, though, we've been saying the same things about him for the last three weeks, and it's yet to happen. And he is getting touches in the box, but they don't look successful. It's a lot of him dribbling around and not having that attacking mindset that he showed in the past. I'm still hesitant. Yeah, but I think this is a club that doesn't defend well. They make some bad mistakes. Did you see, you know, uh, Wes Morgan's mistake last week that led to a goal? I mean, Wes Morgan, Billy Jones, Eunice Kabul, and Fazio <laughs> need to all hang out and start a How Are We Footballers Club. Hey, I like Wes uh, Morgan. You, you love Wes Morgan like a rat. I like Big Wes because he's from Jamaica. I stayed at his estate. Oh, for real? No. Oh. <laughs> that would have been a great story. Okay, anyway, uh, I just know uh, Jim Knight uh, is our lesser correspondent on the EPL Roundtable, is uh, as much of a non-fan of a player at his club as I've ever seen. Just absolutely <laughs> detests Wes Morgan and the fact that he steals wages every week, much like we feel at Tottenham without Bayor, but he's now gone. Anyway, Alexis Sanchez, huh? Yeah, so Alexis Sanchez, I'm also um, sitting uh, Graziano uh, uh, Yeah. Because, you know, it's another game at, at uh, St. Mary's, you know, 14 of his 16 Premier League goals have been at St. Mary's. He's typically a guy that scores there. So uh, we're going to take him. And those Swansea Southampton games historically are usually pretty tight. You know, they're mm. usually one goal games. Um, and it seems like it's sort of the perfect game for him. He could have had five goals last week against United if it wasn't for some great saves by yeah. uh, De Gea and some bad luck. But uh, he got a ton of chances. He looks like he's in form. His price dropped to 7.9, which I think makes him attractive. I also think it makes him attractive as an, an alternative to uh, Martial if you're not sold on Martial. Like, I'm not totally. I love this, this fixture this week against Sunderland. Um, but if you look at the next, the, the following three um, fixtures after that, it's Arsenal, Everton, Manchester Derby. Those are tough games. Um, so I'm not necessarily ready to buy Martial at this moment, especially like I said when uh, you know Graziano uh, Pella dropped before, you know below eight, you know eight point Fair enough. All right. Well, leave. Um, <laughs> but uh, if you'd like to tell people where they can find you now, it'd be a good time. Sure, you can find me at uh, soccer.rasball.com alongside uh, Rob Langevin here. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Ralph Lifshitz BB. Bye, oh. Ralph. <laughs> <laughs> Later, guys. Bye. <laughs>
All right, yeah, we'd, we'd definitely like to thank uh, uh, Ralph for joining us, unless you don't want to. Rob, are you glad he came on? I'm completely glad he came on. He, he filled up 20 minutes of our lives with youthful endeavors and joyous words of wisdom. Wow, that's that's a whole lot of compliments. You are much nicer to your friends than I am to mine. Okay, so we're going to wrap it's things up. because I owe him a whole bunch of money. <laughs> oh, well, yep, there, there you go. We're going to wrap it up with uh, our teams. Have you made any moves this week? Uh. Yeah, I am going to. Uh, like you, I have a nice little kitty in the bank. I have 3.2 and two free transfers. Um, I'm thinking about my team as it sits right now is from the back is My Hill McCarthy, uh, Cedric, Kolarov, Skirtle, Darmian, Williams across the back, Coutinho, Yaya, Payet, Mares, Kabai across the middle. Aguero, Gomez, Wilson up top. I am probably going to use both transfers this week because I'm sick of looking at Martin Skirtle's face. Even though they're a jersey on the .com site, I'm he has a face to me. <laughs> I don't so like it. I am probably going to from Skirtle to Aspulaqueta, and then I am. Done with Kabai. He is not doing anything for Crystal Palace. He's playing way too defensive. He's not doing anything from a fantasy perspective on the, the official site that is positive for your team. Yep. So I am probably going to go. I might actually I might actually go either a Mane or a Mata. Yeah. Because I have the amount of I have money in the bank to go basically get anybody in the, the nine region that I want. What about you, Kev? Yeah, well, I, I upped him earlier and said I'd talk about him a little bit later. And I brought in uh, Dimitri Payet. He's he's just been too good. Like I said, second highest scoring midfielder. It is fifth highest overall. No Europa League or Capital One Cup distractions. When the FA Cup comes around in January, I'm sure he's still going to be starting every Premier League match. The schedule gets much easier. Um, top name on the team sheet. And the next three are Norwich, Sunderland, and Palace. None of whom who have kept a clean sheet this season. Not one of them. So yeah. I, I, I absolutely love the short term. I like the long term. Uh, I know, you know, this is early in the season. We're still kind of tinkering with our lineups. But I would not be surprised if Pyatt is on my team now and ends the season on my team. Yeah, I mean, I can totally see that him being a sustaining midfielder. Because, you know, he's not going to get any cheaper if he keeps continuing to play. You know, he, he might end the year in the 9.0 range. That's how yeah. much he might he might jump up. Where did he start? 7.5? Maybe seven, 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 yeah, he's seven, eight now. So yeah. he started at seven, five. Yeah. You know, I mean, him, it's, it's kind of a, it's kind of a race to see who caps off first, either him or Mares. You yeah. know, Mares is 6.4 and he started at 5.5. Yeah. I mean, that's ridiculous. It's, it's insane. Yeah. I mean, I haven't checked the, the annals of hit of FPL's history. <laughs> Come on, <man. laughs> but I, I was actually curious to see through six weeks what's the highest price jump for a player. Mars has got to be on pace or equal to one of those players. Yeah, you have to imagine. I wonder if it was uh, the Bale year. It it might have been. Bale went crazy. He scored what nine goals in the first six games or something like that. Mm. It was insane, and then down the stretch, it was a goal a game. 
Yeah, he was crazy. Yeah, that was the year he had like 20, 24, yeah. that, that Norwich game was, was the one that really kicked it off. That was the one where he had the run for like 80 yards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. just ran away from everyone. Man, those were, those were good times. At good least LaMelo was as good as that. All right, on that super sad note, we're out of time. So you want to tell people where to find you? As always, you can always find me where we just found out where Alf was. You can find me at soccer.rasball.com. Or you can find me on Twitter at Smokey underscore Loogie. That's L-O-O-G-Y. All right. And I am your other host, Kevin DeVries, at Kevroff on Twitter. Uh, you can find my writings over on blog.playtaga.com, where I write fantasy previews regarding Sunderland, Tottenham, and Crystal Palace. You can also check out my articles over on theeaglesbeak.com, where I discuss more fantasy options and the people that can be brought in and dropped from your squad at specific price points. Host this show. You're already listening to it. Great job. Give yourself a pat on the back and or a drink. Um, Up on Thursday mornings, the EPL roundtable where we discuss all things Premier League and we have guests from all levels of clubs throughout the Premier League. You can listen to that both on Monday and Friday mornings. Uh, So only thing left to do is what what have you been drinking on today? I have been drinking Flying Fish, Oktoberfish. (laughs) Oktoberfish. That's... That's a really good name for a beer. Uh, I I really need to start getting paid for it, but I actually like them enough that I'll say their name, um, which is West Sixth Brewery in Lexington, Kentucky. If you're ever around here or just in the con- greater Lexington area, you can probably find their stuff at stores. Uh, they have an Oktoberfest that's that's very good. Uh, meant to get up to Cincinnati, might still try to do that. Uh, it's the it's the second or third biggest Oktoberfest in the world outside of Germany. Nice. So yeah, you're definitely gonna have to try to give that a go. Uh, But yeah, thanks so much for listening to this, the FPL Roundtable, the only fantasy podcast where we don't mention uh, a draft site that rhymes with Smaftblings, or uh, what's the other one? Or Panfuel. Panfuel, that's a good one. Panfuel or Slankbings. Slankbings. We don't talk about either of those, and you're welcome, because they're all over everything, and it's very frustrating. Uh, If you want to look up a a very funny thing, search... uh, Bill Burr, DraftKings read. Uh, and it's very, very funny. Are they up lifetime? Who knows? And I think that's a very interesting take on it. All right, anyway, we're out of time. So come back next week. Like I said, Mon- Wednesday mornings. This is really running off the rails at the tail end here. Well, Wednesday it, it mornings. It's the whole, hey, you know what it is? This is like the, the feud with Harrison Ford. This is what's going on right now. <laughs> we're trying... Tommy Lee Jones, we're jumping from the freaking dam right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's, we're, it's, it's not good. We're, we're accelerating out of control to the very end of this show. But anyway, you can keep listening to us Wednesday mornings. More fantasy advice, more drinks. We hope to see you then. Peace. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.